It's the Exit 52 podcast presented by Jimmy Seafood. And guys, I just want to start out the podcast by saying I'm respectfully not talking about my contract with the Exit 52 podcast. Respectfully. 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 I'd like to not. So if you guys would respect that, I would just appreciate it if you would respect that. I stand with you and I stand with all contracts not being discussed. Never talk about another man's job. Respectfully. Or his pay. Respectfully. 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 Do you, so, do you also give out popcorn for good questions? No. Do I? Are you asking me? I don't know. Does anyone? I didn't bring any popcorn. I haven't done that before, but I'm willing to give it a shot. It seems like a really nice gesture. I thought yeah. it was a great gesture. No, yeah. I, no I, I'm, but respectfully, I, I will give it out respectfully. I won't give it out disrespectfully. I will give it out respectfully. I'll give it out respectfully. That's big. Of by the By the way, Shout out to us for being very on the forefront of really not talking about the contract situation for the last like two weeks. <laughs> we kind of talked about it, but we were just like, we're ahead of the curve about. on that. Yeah. We, so honestly, Lamar should reward us and come on the show. Probably. I mean, because we have been respectful of this situation for a while. Yeah. We'll bring the platform. Yeah. And we will bring, oh my God. We'll absolutely bring the No platform. drinks. We'll bring no him. Drinks. We'll bring him can't do uh, any popcorn he wants. Does he want movie theater popcorn? Mm. Does he want a little pop secret? Does he want, you know? Mm, the popcorns? What are your guys, what were your guys' popcorn brands? Were you over Redenbacher's guys? Whatever the blue box was with the, the just the popcorn on the front, just the movie theater, like. Whatever is movie theater. I, yeah. I can't even remember. I mean, I've been known oh, to you're, buy you're, the massive You're talking about um, Costco. Mm. Oh what! I mean, oh the just like a '96 packer just locked and loaded for years. I can picture that. Is it Act Two? Is that the one with the popcorn on the front? With the this uh, looks like the movie. That movie? was a dozen question at one point. Pop Secret and Orville Redenbacher are the ones that always come to my mind as like it was Act. Up. It was Act Two. Was that act was two? Block, okay. That's that was the, the blockbuster yeah, popcorn. Yeah, 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 always yeah. a blockbuster. Yep. Yep. Yeah, we had a lot of pop secret growing up. That is that is why that sticks in my head. But I yeah, Act say. Two. Okay, okay. Act Two was like in the like in the aisle when you were checking out with the movies mm-hmm. and blockbuster for I'm sure. I'm a big fan of a good cheddar popcorn. I was gonna say the white cheddar sure. popcorn and the black white cheddar popcorn is uh, smart smart food. White cheddar is tremendous. Yeah, oh, it's classic. I used to yeah. put down. I could put down a family bag easy. Hundred percent. One afternoon, yes. my fingers would be so filmy by the end. Just. Oh, it's oh. It, it, let me. It's like that in Doritos is something that you eat and you're just your fingers are just. You have to shower to get it off. You don't just wash your hands with and use a paper yeah, towel. So yeah. you have to shower. It's a grimy business. It's a yeah. grimy, grimy business. But it's so rewarding to eat the white cheddar popcorn. It's oh, so it's rewarding. so good, so good. I feel like Pop Secret was the one that was around the house growing up. I think Pop Secret was a pretty popular brand. Orville Redenbacher is kind of the classic with Orville there on the on mm-hmm. the packaging. What about a kettle? How do you feel about a kettle corn? Like yeah. a like a true like fair. Like I gotta be at a fair. At, like, I have to be at a fair yeah. for it. Stay, yeah. Well, the, yeah. when it is, it's phenomenal. Yeah, when it's hot, it's 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 very good. When it's coming out of one of those those cauldrons or whatever you want to call them. Yeah. Are you guys uh, Fisher's popcorn people? Yes, I enjoy yes. it. Yeah, I don't love it, but I enjoy it. Yeah, it's pretty good. I don't have it often, but when I do, I'm like, this is. This is very good. It's I'm a big the, fan the, of any, like the any popcorn that comes in a tin with the dividers for the different flavors and stuff. Yes, yes, yes. I learned yeah. to like those. I learned to like variety. those. 
for some reason, Maryland women's basketball as a program, they're like gift to everyone during the holiday season. Each department is they bring one of those barrels with the divided Mm. popcorn and everyone is just sticking their grubby mitts in there. And you just don't know if you're getting from somebody in there. It's a, it's not like the greatest winter thing because you just around the office. I mean, people are sick. They're sticking their hands in there. It's just like, and I'm just going for it. I'm just like, ah, take the divide. You take the divider out and shake it up. So now you get all the popcorn. Oh, that is chaos. Off. We've never yeah. done that before. I may yeah. do that this year. If they That's bring great. That stuff again. If that, you want to like take your claim, like five years. take your claim to the popcorn and just be like, hey, watch this. And, oh. and then you'll, then, then you get away the people who are like, oh, I don't like my foods touching and stuff like that. You can really like, this is Taylor's popcorn now. Like you're in my I'm world. Not, I'm not like the biggest caramel person when it oh. dominates when it dominates something, but at, on a popcorn, it is the Fisher's caramel popcorn is tremendous. It's, really it's good. so good. It's so good. Yeah. And I was talking popcorn. Thanks. Sounds like you go either way on that. That was a very whatever look. Yeah. I'm, I kind of enjoy all popcorns. I'm not exactly a, a popcorn snob, <laughs> you know, I don't turn my nose up at much. I don't That's know. Fair. I like to mix it up. Some days yeah. I, I like a good movie theater. Sometimes I like a cheddar, a white cheddar. Um, Drizzle some caramel on there. I don't know. Have you ever done the uh, the M and M's in the bag? Never. Kind of like let that happen. Yeah, it's. Amazing. I don't want the I don't want the chocolate on my hand. Like the melted. I like pulling M and M's out of trail mix. Picking M and M's out of trail mix is one of my favorite things. To do. I'm a big pick anything out of any mix type of guy. I am, I am terrible for for mix ratios. Like I'm a checks mix or something. You're picking. <laughs> yeah, stuff I out will of there. ruin a ratio at any place I go to. I'll just pick apart one specific ingredient in any mix. And then you'll just be thrown off. Yeah. Should just we should do a draft with best mixes. Like best things that are mixed. I could get messy. <laughs> we should do that next month for you know a certain mix. Yeah. Oh, oh. Hall- or Halloween. Yeah. But we're less than a month but away. Yeah, we are less than a month away. We are less than a month <laughs> away from I mean, that week is going to be sensational. BBM and then the Taylor Swift. Oh my lord! I'm Taylor Swift sure right now. In honor. Um, speak, getting your pop. Speak exactly. Um, get your popcorn ready for Ravens Dolphins on Sunday. <laughs> Transition crushed. Um, <laughs> as RDT is just watching the Orioles game. Um, Back, Ravens baby. Dolphins one o'clock two one and zero teams. Um, if you would like to listen to our analysis breakdown uh that happened instantly on sunday <laughs> sorry inside the park i'm running for gunner double and wow what's up with nats park and double double and two errors but still Did Dodger morgan throw his hat on the ground it was, glove on the ground? it was gunner hit a double down the third baseline and all you see is the left fielder for to get it and then it cuts away to the runners and then it cuts away again and the the, the left fielder is still running to the ball i don't know what happened but it's bizarre, but sorry to cut you off. Go on. No, that no. I mean, we, the people have to know. I'm sure there are people that are listening to this that will listen to this show in the future that will enjoy that past version of you celebrating that because they were also watching. So that's great to get. Great to get that reaction. Ravens, Dolphins, one p.m. Sunday. Two one and zero teams. Lamar versus the two and on a Dolphins team that I believe dating back to last year has won either eight of nine games or nine of 10 games, something crazy like that. So they're clearly on a hot streak um, over the course of two years. They figured something out. Um, Tua has looked progressively better. Uh, they played a Patriots team that 
maybe it was a week one situation, but I think the jury is certainly still out on Mac Jones after that performance to a certain extent. Um, but when we look at it this week, I'll do this first. Anything that we miss instant analysis wise that we didn't shout out. I think that some of the, you know, everything was so offense driven and, you know, some of the injuries that we'll get to uh, the defensive line. I have to give another shout out to, I think, you know, the, a lot of the conjecture on Twitter over the past 48 hours is about how good that unit played, uh, which is a very good sign for the Ravens. And um, especially Justin Matabuke, who was, who was tremendous. So um that's big. That's big. And going into this game, going to need to be good against a Dolphins offense that I think if Tua plays well, has the potential to be explosive with Tyree Kill, Jalen Waddle, Waddle, Waddle. I don't know if, if Tua is the one I would describe as explosive. It's all the weapons around Well, him. can be explosive <clears throat> if he provides yeah. the, the pill to the explosive guys. Sure. Um, putting a bow on last week, though, there were a couple – Couple things. I mean, I wrote a pretty long blog, and I'm hoping to continue to do this every week, where I just dump all my thoughts out. You know, just the the blog version of verbal diarrhea. Um, something that I even forgot to put in the blog was early in the game, John Harbaugh punted on a fourth and one at midfield, and it left me baffled. Like, is is Stern still on payroll? Like, what's going on with that? It was weird. It almost was like they didn't. It almost is like a calculated thing where it's like, okay, this is the Jets. Their offense is not going to exactly hum. Let's not give them a short field. Let's trust our defense to get the ball back in a little less, as opposed to like sticking the foot on their throats in the first quarter when maybe they didn't feel like their execution was up to stuff. I almost wonder if they took into account that they did, it was going to take three or four series to get the execution right. You're right. It is definitely against philosophy of what they've done the last two years. I think that's normally one they would go for. But maybe you're like, hey, why would we give this Jets team that we're not going to have to do much to, you know, knock them to the canvas and make them stay and give them any type of momentum would be my counter argument to just going with the aggressiveness. But yeah, I mean, that's that is the devil's advocate for it. But it's just yeah, it goes against so much of what has made this team successful the last handful of years, even if it is against the Jets. Um, it was the first or second drive of the season. They went up to the line. Uh, the offense did, and they, John Harbaugh was asked about it after the game, and he said uh, he didn't like the look of what they had out there versus what uh, the Jets were showing them, and so they called a timeout. But to me, that doesn't really explain why you don't just put the offense back out there with different personnel or a different play or whatever and still go for it. Um, I just kind of think even – like if the Ravens offense hadn't played a lot of snaps together with Lamar quarterback, um, had no real game action to that point. Um, and you know that it's probably going to be more of like a, it wasn't a field position game, but it was definitely the kind of game there. You want to stake yourself to a lead so that you can kind of control the the pace and the narrative of the game. It was a zero zero game at that point. I really thought that that should have even furthered the notion for them to have gone for that. So I'm just, my ears are perked up that they've kind of looked at some things over the off season. And, you know, th- there were a lot of tough losses during that losing streak to finish the season where they went for two and they, you know, came out the wrong side of it. And, you know, John Harbaugh was aggressive and that was the complete opposite of aggressive. So I'm, I'm hoping that there hasn't been a shift in philosophy there, but we'll, we'll see, I guess it was the only situation in the game really where 
that type of decision needed to be made. And they played on the safe side. Yeah, I, I, I think we'll have to see how that gets fleshed out in maybe bigger spots. Um, yeah. And if this was a situation where you're trying to kind of ease your way into the year and you're not going to go for the jugular, I think where they've separated themselves is the, you know, for lack of a better term, balls to go for it in giant situations where the the stakes are very high as opposed to in the f- first quarter where the stakes may be a little bit lower that it was just like, you know, why, why would we give anything away at this point? So as opposed to trying to finish something, you know, maybe they could have opened something up. So that is a, that, that is true. You know, maybe will they change philosophy there? Um, but, you know, they, they do zig when other teams ag and as maybe teams buy more into the aggressiveness, the Ravens find that they go the other way analytically. I don't know. We'll see. That's a, I think a good point to bring up, but um maybe they'll get put in a situation this week and we'll see how they, how they react. Yeah. Bigger picture um, in hindsight, thinking about what we talked about immediately after the game, it's probably a little, a little too hard on the team. I, I kind of in reflection, like, Hey, they, like, like I just mentioned they, the offense had not been out there with Lamar Jackson. Well, they were going to play their way kind of into a groove. And that's what you, you saw in the second half. They, they didn't really do much the first 25 minutes, but um, once, I mean, somebody pointed out on Twitter, I forget who it was, that there was a pass interference call that I believe it was Demarcus uh, Robinson drew for like a good 30 yards. And then from that point on, the Ravens started taking some shots down the field. They started to move the ball. Um, Lamar, you know, he was completing passes before, but they weren't for much. It was everything underneath, uh, maybe by design. Um, maybe, heck, maybe they scripted the first handful of plays and the plays were just super, super conservative they were just trying to fill some things out and then once they got on beyond that and opened things up they really hummed so that was a good sign to see and and obviously the defense I mean I don't know what more you could really ask for them on Sunday you know they they gave up a late touchdown but up to that point it was a three-point defensive performance for you know 58 minutes so that's an awesome game for the defense so um my outlook I I think my my notion during the incident analysis on Sunday was like, oh, I feel worse about this team than I did going into Sunday. I don't know that I still feel that same way. I still feel good about the team and, and the direction they're in. And um, I'm excited to see them try to get some revenge against Miami this week because that was – of all the games last season, there were a lot of frustrating ones, but I think that was the one from beginning to end that was the most frustrating game of the season for us. That that one had to be frustrating because again, like looking back on it, that was a game that because the Dolphins had lost seven. Was that their seventh? Was that the one that started their win streak? I think because they lost seven in a row and then they won seven in a row. And I just remember us. I think we were like, "That's the get right game. That's the game that oh, it's a Thursday night. It's in Miami. Blah blah blah. Who cares? Like the the Ravens are going to smoke them. Um. So yeah, I, I think there definitely is a little bit of a of a of a revenge factor going on. Um, I'm just excited. I, I think the wide receivers, because Mark, we don't know if Marcus is playing yet, right? I would assume. I know we practiced today. I saw. Feels a lot like guys are going to come back for this game. For well, the most part. I, Ronnie I mean, Stanley, probably notwithstanding. But um, I, my instinct is that Peters plays. My instinct is that J.K. Dobbins plays, um, probably on a, on a pitch count. But it feels like this is a game where we're going to start to see some more guys come back. I, I'm very excited to see how they line up the secondary. Like 
with with the two weapons with Tyreek and Waddle versus assuming Marlon Humphrey and Marcus Peters. Because I mean, again, those are two fantastic players on the Dolphins versus two very good cornerbacks on the Ravens. So that, I I think that that matchup is going to be very exciting. I think for me from a fantasy spin, standpoint too, because I have Jalen Waddle, so I need some points out of him. How'd they get that in? Yeah. There, no one really, no one works in the, their fantasy narratives quite like you. You always, we always oh, have to talk yeah, about your fantasy no, team. Every way week. more people work in their fantasy narratives. We always have to talk about your fantasy. Man. I haven't talked at all about my fantasy team and what well, it did I last weekend. You're not a big fan. No, well, you're I'm respectful. You're guy. respectful to. Yeah. No one wants to hear about your fantasy team. You can yeah, talk about your fantasy I, team though if you want. No, I don't need to. I've communicated to the you know the losing team. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, class. Was, was, was respectful. Class. Respectful. Oh, it was all respect. It was all respect. All respect. All respect. Yeah, I mean, I'll. I mean, you, you, you put the absolute hurt on me this week. You destroyed. Little, little B did. Little B. Sure, 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 sure. And this is yeah. a league where you you are looking to really rebound from some previous struggles from some previous regimes that were not good. So well, it was good. that was a little bit of a statement. postseason. Yeah, a little bit of a statement of intent from your new regime of your team because it has yeah. been a struggle, but hell of a performance, a hell of a performance. I He's got a, our quarterback under contract. Oh, I said the C word. Uh, um, put a dollar in the jar. Respectful. Respectful. If I just say respectful enough times, like it all goes away, right? <laughs> I do agree with you, Banks, in the sense of you know transitioning from – week one to week two, you know, the expectations are just so high. I think week to week, we play a little bit of an expectations game. And, you know, when we're predicting last Tuesday or Wednesday or whenever we recorded the pod saying, you know, Ravens 35, 13 Ravens, 38, 10, what, you know, whatever those, you know, predictions looked like. And you even said, Banks, you were like, this is going to be 21 to three at the half. They're going to be rolling, blah, blah, blah. When that is like in your head going into the game, your instant analysis reaction a lot of the time is going to be, well, that was ho-hum and we didn't do what I expected us to do. But then when you, like you said, when you break it down like that, there were a lot of positives to glean and you hope that they take that next step this week to play a Dolphins team that is just definitely better than the Jets. You're playing them at home, so that's obviously an advantage. But you hope that they now, you know, maybe look a little crisper. I think that was the issue is the, you know, the scoreline was good and the, you know, progression throughout the game was in a positive direction. But offensively, there was just not a crispness that we've seen at times at the beginning of a year. When you compare it to week one against the Dolphins on the road against a bad team where you blow them out and they, you know, they look crisp and whatever and maybe that was too much to expect with a lack of preseason reps and we, we touched on that a little bit on Sunday but you hope that each week maybe that type of poor start or conservative start goes away and you kind of see what the team can be uh, I think we have to touch on the two season ending injuries which are a concern uh, you know I think Jawan James no matter if he you know played left tackle all year where he ended up in that rotation to not have him as a valuable backup piece or as a starter until Ronnie Stanley a loss for sure. And that's going to test mm-hmm. the Ravens offensive line depth immediately, which is a concern. And on the other place where the Ravens don't have a ton of proven depth, Kyle Fuller goes down with a season ending injury, which is even worse because not 
you know, Juwan James is bad. The guy's been through injury after injury. I feel bad for Kyle Fuller. You come back, you sign with your hometown team and you play one game and then you you're out. So really you you're gutted for both of those guys. But now the Ravens are in a situation where unless Marcus Peters comes back behind Marlon Humphrey, the cornerback options are, you know, Brandon Stevens. Brandon Stevens is is definitely going to get reps. And then you move down to some of those rookie guys um, that are going to have to get on the field early. And, you know, we've seen Ravens, you know, fourth and fifth round picks get on the field early and perform really, really well. But you hope that Marcus Peters is back to full health and you don't have to, you know, rely on a ton from, you know, Pepe Williams or, um, or Jalen Arbor Davis, if he's ready to go or whatever it may be. So, uh, Hopefully Peters returns and hopefully J.K. Dobbins returns and, you know, that mitigates a little bit of the defensive back unit and the Ravens have an explosive option running back because God bless Kenyon Drake. I, I don't know how many weeks I need to see Kenyon Drake, you know, toting the rock as the main ball carrier for the, this football team. So, you know, on that, we posted that Jamal Lewis clip today and someone tweeted, someone retweeted it and said, this is the burst that I wish J.K. Dobbins has had time to look for a new running back in the 2023 draft and i was like what what are you talking about like that what do you what do you mean like number one first off they're jamal lewis and jk dobbins were two completely different players they could not be more like opposite players it's a very you know weird blew, thing to say you know blew my mind today was discovering that jk dobbins has never played in front of a crowd MT Bank Stadium or any crowd in the NFL. Well, well, when he played in 2020, they had the it, it just wasn't the full crowd. Someone said that they were like, yeah, I guess there like was some 4,000, yeah, there were fans, 6,000, yeah. whatever, you know, whatever the season, yeah, 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 like the Steelers game, the Titans game, there were fans, I think. Um, but yeah, like he hasn't played in more than in, in front of what when was the last scrimmage, you know, the at the Ravens, like we, you know. 10,000, 12,000, whatever that was. Yeah. 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 He's never seen a full bank. So yeah, it's crazy. And and his interview with with his show at Jimmy's where he talked about, what did he say? He tore his ACL, like LCL. Um, like he, he completely tore it it all up. Like he really went into detail about the injury and how like significant and bad it really was. You know, it wasn't just like, Oh yeah, he tore his ACL. It's like he tore everything in the knee. Mm -hmm. That was eye opening, and it, shows it, you that that, that his never return been was no. Also, his return clearly was nowhere near guaranteed. When you yeah. do all that to your knee, like obviously they have perfected ACL surgery, all these different surgeries, and everyone heals differently. But it feels like when someone tells, tears their ACL, they're going to come back to pretty high level of health. But like that was a that was a stunning revelation. That you're right, had not really been reported. But yeah, like no, like, nobody yeah, talked I, about it. It was all like, did, oh yeah, he all this stuff happened. I'm trying to find the exact, like what his quote where he listed it all: ACL, LCL, hamstring, and meniscus. Mm. That's, I mean, that's 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 a ton. That's that's nuts. Yeah. No there, wonder. There were also, also like so many injuries last year where once like once they started coming, it was like a tidal wave where we just like, didn't even pay attention to the fine details of what exactly happened to each of them. It was like, Oh, he's gone. He's gone. He's gone. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Plus I think if I remember right, that JK Dobbins and Marcus Peters that day was one of the days I was up at Kays Valley for the BMW championship. And I think a lot of people were just like very focused on that. And I was like, Oh fuck, what's going on down the road. It was yeah. kind of a very jarring day for everybody. 
Not fun. Not it's a not fun, fun day. No. Just like Miami to, uh, Thursday night football last night or last year was no fun. Um, it was it was the blitzes. I mean, those guys brought the house against uh Lamar Jackson last year and he did not react well to it. And so I think this is one of Greg Roman's like biggest tasks he's had yet, where he has to go to the chalkboard and really figure out and write some wrongs and figure out, you know, how do we mitigate this? Because Miami has blitzed the hell out of every team pretty much. Nobody's blitzed more than they have since week one last year. Um, that includes Wink Martindale's Ravens. I mean, we blitzed a lot less last year because of what happened with all the injuries, but um, these guys are going to throw the kitchen sink at Lamar, and it's going to be really interesting to see how we scheme up protection, um, to pick up blitzers, and get the ball out quick and do all kinds of things to uh, to just try to mitigate what they're going to throw at us. So um, it's going to be a very, very interesting football game in that regard. Um, and we'll see how it goes. I, I'm, I'm hoping to see an adjustment here from Lamar and company. Um, but you just don't know until you know. So think he he had a good quote today Lamar when they asked him about it like the cover zero and he was like yeah I think you know hopefully we play better against it this time because again it's like you kind of know what they're going to do now like you said and if Spencer put out some clips of them I think running cover zero again just just no safety back there and he was just like Mike McDonald's a madman like that's it's you know again we'll see we'll see how well they adjust because they did not that that was the game again like we talked just threw everyone in a loop last year like National media, by the way, so shows you how much they respected Mac Jones and his ability to throw against that and the Patriots inability to really establish any sort of running game. That's the other thing. The Ravens have to figure out a way to run the ball. So I, I did go back and I watched because it's, you know, we play New England, New England next week. So I figured, Hey, I'm going to go watch this Patriots Dolphins game. So I watched that Monday night condensed game replay. Um, New England was kind of having their way with Miami on the ground. And they're early going. Mm, I know fair. we struggled against them, or not against them, but um, on the ground on Sunday ourselves. Maybe I'm but thinking about my lack like, of looking at Damian Harris fantasy points, but maybe it was Ramondre Stevenson. It might be, but they kind of ran. They they kind of hit a brick wall there and had to throw the ball eventually. But yeah, the Patriots were driving. They moved the football well in the early going. They got you know the Dolphins got away with an egregious pass interference that resulted in an interception in the end zone. Um, and I think it changed the dynamic of that game completely. The way I see Miami constructed and the way that we're constructed, it's very much a game where um, we're each going to want to get out in front and try to control the pace and force the other team into you know some uncomfortable situations. So um, I, I it's as I watched that game between New England and, and Miami, I just couldn't help but think that if that drive went differently differently for Miami or for New England, like dynamic of the entire game could have been different um that they would have stuck to the ground a lot more and that was probably the right way to combat all the blitzing that miami did i mean once miami had the lead they were just like hounds going after mac jones and um so i'm i'm hopeful and i'm i mean i just think it's it's paramount that should we get a fourth and one at midfield early in the game uh, that I think that we should go for it. And I think we should go down the field and make sure we put points on the board. So, yeah, when you look at the, you look at the, I, I didn't watch the Miami New England game except for the little stuff I got on New Reds. England. Look at, sloppy. Oh my God. Well, that's that so bad. that's, I think that's, that's, is washed. I that's also it. really the story Gone. of the game when you look at 
you know, total yards, not that big of a separation. Um, if we're, you know, box, this is box score analysis. So take this, take this for what it is, but, um, you know, total plays around the same, like a 30 yard difference in, in total yards, first downs, 18 for Miami, 17 for new England. But my, this is a classic, like win the turnover battle, win the game. You know, Miami didn't turn it over and new England turns it over three times. So yeah, you know, that, that turns in, that turns into 20 to seven. And I think, uh, by the way, I think that's what they're going to ask Tua to do. I think they're going to ask Tua to, you know, figure out a way to get the ball in the hands of Tyree kill seven to 10 times a game, waddle five to seven times a game, and just do not turn the ball over. Just don't turn it over to it. Just allow us to manage the game. And, you know, they couldn't run the ball either. They ran it 23 times for 65 yards. Um, New England ran it 22 times for 78 yards. I don't know the split half to half. So maybe they, it started off well, like you said, thanks. And then you continued on, but um, they, you know, they were getting the, it ball didn't sound, Miami. it didn't, it didn't sound like the greatest game. So it didn't like, you know, Miami won the game, but how impressive were they? I think that's a lot for debate. Yeah. Miami had a handful of splash plays, but they were very consistent with quick passes, a lot of slants, a lot of short stuff, a lot of stuff that kept two of his throws in the middle of the field and short. Um, I mean, he throws a good ball on those, those quick slants. Um, but there was definitely when two was pressured, um, when two had to throw to the boundaries, throw it deep. He, he shades of Donovan McNabb. I mean, he throws a great bounce pass. Um, and then there were a couple deep shots and a couple times he rolled out and was pressured and just made stupid decisions. And the Patriots just dropped an interception or didn't capitalize. So, um, there was kind of like, you know, when you watch your team play and then you catch highlights and you catch some red zone and whatever, like there's a narrative that you kind of you kind of get from through red zone or through like the highlights at halftime or through these other games. Painted a picture that the Dolphins like dominated that game. The Patriots just stunk. And the Dolphins, I mean, they, you know, they played a clean game. That's there's something to be said about that, but they also didn't really do anything all that present heck the touchdown to waddle at half was like fourth and seven just like a freak play mm-hmm. it was just like kind of there were so many plays that i saw that were just like this is a belichick coach team like it was whack so um you know the the, the dolphins seem well coached mike mcdaniel seems like he's really got his stuff figured out um and they, they had they threw some creative stuff in there in terms of those short passes and like little screens and all that kind of stuff. Um, but, you know, it's it's a matter of them just trying to get the, the ball in those guys' hands, the Waddles and the and the Tyreeks and all that. And if we can just – I mean, this is where you, you hope that a, um, a Marcus Peters is out there and you've got your safeties out there that are going to do their job well. Um, I really feel good about our ability to contain them. So um, I would probably lean towards the under in this game. I think it's 44 and a half. Um, but we'll see. I was going to say the Titans played the Dolphins late last year, like 15 or 16. And if you get pressure on Tua, like you were saying, like he's, he's just, he kind of panics. He throws a lot of balls up. He'll, he'll fumble the ball too. Like he has no problem fumbling the ball. Um, so, I mean, again, if they're, if their defensive line can, can just get push on him, it, it's the same thing. Like you move him in the pocket, he, you know, again, you want to talk about a Marcus Peters, like, he's going to throw one across his body, you know, to the right side to try and squeeze one in. 
a house call. I mean, it's, it's a perfect, you know, welcome back present for Marcus Peters. If he's looking for one, um, he's accurate to it, but again, it's, it's nothing long. It's all just like, almost like those just extended handoffs. Like Kasiki's a good player. He hasn't been a great player perfect recently, it. but you know, it's I, again, I, I think the Ravens defense has their way with them this, this week. Predictions. Ravens, 24, Dolphins, 21. Ooh, I was thinking, yeah. I was, you said take the under 44 and a half. I had already. Yeah, I guess I just took it over, but. Well, <laughs> that's <laughs> Stephen A. Smith last week. Yeah. <laughs> that, was, that was awesome. Um, well, maybe the lines moved to 45 and a half. I don't know. Um, I was, I had already had in my head 24, 20 Ravens. So I'll stick with that and I will take the under on that. What'd you say, RDT? I'm sorry. 24, 20. Ravens. I'm going to go Ravens 27, Dolphins 17. Yeah, 17 seems right. Um, we talked about how the Ravens defense should have their way, and then we I said 20 points. No. Yeah, I, th- I think the – I just think you're going to get beat – you get beat one time by Tyree Kill if Tua makes the throw. That's just a threat every time, and they'll figure out a way to score. And But I, th- I think the Ravens – I think the Ravens move it 2-0. Two uh, have you guys seen the announce team for this, or do I need to? Oh, I, I saw it earlier. I forgot. I saw it like Monday or Tuesday. I saw it like very Kevin early. Harlan in the building. Oh, on I did see Sunday. that. Very nice. Love me some Kevin Harlan. Uh, let's move to the Baltimore Orioles. Look, I, I feel like I sound like a broken record on this every week, but this is getting late early at this point for from a for a wild card spot, five games back as they play right now. RDT, you want to give us a live score update? Yeah, Taryn Vavra just got thrown out trying to. It was a good play. It was a good play. He stretched a single into a double. They're up five two in the eighth on the Nationals. Um, which again, I mean, they, these are the games that they need to win. They need to beat the bad teams. The, the Nationals are the worst team in baseball. Um, then they have a day off tomorrow, which is, I mean, very weird schedule this week. They had a day off Monday two game series in DC. So they're not traveling. And then a day off Thursday before they head to Toronto for again, I mean, it's the biggest series that they've had this year since last week. Like those are the games. Like you said, it's getting late early. We're getting down to like, you have to start sweeping series and you have to hope that these other teams are losing. Um, The five games back feels like, I mean, people are already kind of burying them being like, well, this is a fun season and all. Um, Five games back is it's a lot, but it's not an insurmountable lead. Um, again, they just got they got Tyler Wells back. Guys are starting to heat up. And Ryan Mountcastle has had a great September. He his home run. I don't know if you guys saw it last night off of Hunter Harvey, who is his best friend and old roommate. They yeah, like, that was a fun moment. That was a fun moment. Smiling at each other the entire way around the bases. It was hilarious. It was very funny. Um, he's hitting the ball really well. Cedric's kind of coming back. Gunner had an inside the park home run triple in an error, whatever you want to call it tonight. He's hitting 306 in his first two weeks. Like guys are starting to heat up again. Um, Ken, it's just, it's the blue Jays, man. It's this hump that, that they're going to have to get over it eventually. And this series coming up is, is, is a big one. Again, I think they're right now they're, what are they? 70. Let me see. 70. They're 74 and 67. I can run through here. I bet in front of me. So the Mariners won today. They're 80 and 62. Toronto's leading Tampa Bay. Toronto's 80 and 62. Tampa Bay is 79 and 62. Say that moves to 81 and 62 and 79 and 63. The Orioles, I mean, they have to win this game and get to 75 and 67. As you said, 
they then go to Toronto, where if you sweep a series, you're right there. You've pegged the team back and you're two games back and you're right there. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't feel like the way they're playing, they can go into Toronto and sweep them. Yeah. So if the best they can do is two out of three, you know, you've pegged them back a little bit, but then, you know, you've got to, they have 20 games left after they play tonight. I don't know if they can do worse than 13 and seven, 14 and six. Yeah. Like it's 13 and seven, the floor that can still get them in if someone collapses probably gets them close. Like if they win tonight and go that they're 80, you know, they win 88 games. That's close. Yeah. But you'd may like to get do it, but may not do it. Um, you know, Tampa, if Tampa loses tonight, they're now the team in view. Um, and the, the Orioles will be four games back of Tampa. Plus, so plus I, you know, I, Tampa I don't, and Tampa has the, the tiebreaker on them. So that's basically yes. another game, you know? Yeah. So they, they've got to go on that type of stretch. I don't think they could do, they, they can't go like 11 and nine or something like that. It's just not going to get it done. You've got to, you've got to put together and win, you know, 13 or 14 of these games. Um, and they I, haven't played. They haven't gotten there over the past, you know, they had, I think a real big opportunity the last like 20 to 25 games to, you know, at this point be down like one or two games and really be in the thick of it. And right now they're kind of hanging on behind these, these three teams. And they're, they're really the lone team in the mix. The white Sox are out of it. The twins are out of it. It's the Orioles and these three teams above them that are in the mix for the wild card at this point. I did this like exact mental gymnastics yesterday. When, when we had 140 games played 73 and 67, I was like, Hmm. 22 games left. I think they got to go 15 and seven. And then with three teams, you just need one of three of them. If you look at it, you just need one of them to go 10 and 12 and you've made up that ground. And so it, that might be a little bit ambitious, but um, I think that that's just kind of the roadmap to make it happen. Gunnar Henderson just had another RBI double. So he's, he's so mm-hmm. good. He's incredible. He's unreal. The- it's a, and it's an interesting schedule. You've got, you know, you have, they have a huge home stretch. If they can't, this is the the prime scenario for the Orioles. If this goes well, if you can figure out a way to go to Toronto and win two out of three, you then get seven consecutive games at home to really make a push in your home ballpark before you've got to go for seven on the road at Boston and at New York. Mm-hmm. And they've got to, I mean, they've got to, you know, win, five out of seven at home. I I think well, you and know, the, they've, they've got to really protect. And obviously they, and we said this, we've said this for three weeks. So this is a broken record situation, but if you can get to Toronto and be in striking distance of Toronto at home in the last series, I think that's a success based on where they are right now, but they've got to play better baseball than they have been to get there. Yeah. Yeah. And again, it's, a, that's what it comes down to. They have to play better. The, the offense has been horrible. Again, they're kind of busting out tonight. Um, six runs, you know, again, Patrick Corbin is statistically the worst pitcher in baseball and held them to one run over six innings tonight. They just, they have to hit better with guys in scoring position. They've been terrible with that. Um, and yeah, I mean that, that seven game homestand three against Detroit, you, you have to sweep them again. They, they're the, either the worst or the second worst team in the AL. And then the big thing is Houston comes in for four. That's that won't be easy at all. Um, and then, like you mentioned, going to Boston will be – I mean, they're kind of rolling over and letting the Yankees, you know, letting the Yankees pet their They've belly. They've rolled but... over a little bit the last de- – they're, they're rolling over a little bit tonight too. They're not yeah. Here's, here's then, the, the, the bright side, though. 
is Houston's 12 and a half up in the division. They should have things locked up. And, and like, I think they will. It's going to be right about that. So, I mean, we might get that hangover game in game one or something. Yeah, where they clinch, you know, yeah, they may clinch before and just throw out whoever. We may see Trey pitch in one of these games or something for them. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's they they they've got work to do. And again, I think this is no one is saying that it's like a failed season and and you know, because again, we thought they're gonna win 25 more games than we thought they would. So I don't think you can be upset about that. But yeah, I mean, if like like we've been saying for weeks, if they can go into that Toronto series, that's gotta be like a you pack the yard, we're doing podcasts from center field, like some that that could be a very fun what is it like a monday tuesday wednesday or sunday monday whatever it is i think monday tuesday wednesday um yeah it is monday tuesday wednesday stuff to do here we go real quick rock or nathan ruiz tweets gunner henderson the youngest position player in the majors is hitting 320 with an 890 ops two weeks into his big league career star stud stud i say something just generally speaking Go off. I'm really sick of people bitching about the Orioles lineup every time it gets released on Twitter. It's it's, it's, it's exhausting. Like, especially there's a lot of people that um, they just don't see the big name that they recognize in the lineup, and they just assume, like, oh, this is, we're just mailing this one in. It's a punt lineup, punt lineup. No, Sunday lineup. no it's like – Tonight they're playing against Patrick Corbin, left-handed pitcher. Cedric Mullins is hitting like 200 against left-handed pitchers. Brian McKenna is hitting over three. I don't know, 270. Yeah, he's hitting well against. So that makes total sense. And there's there's tons of examples like that. I don't even know if we did this on the podcast or not, but like you can't run Adley out there behind the plate every single game. Torino's is useless against right-handed pitchers. So like when you have a left-handed pitcher, that's the perfect time to at least try to give Adley his relief and give him a night off or give him a DH spot or whatever. Like there's just tons of little scenarios where people just like, don't even think to look at the splits or think about the strategic element of it. They just bitch because it's not Cedric Mullins hit first, things like Mm -hmm. that. Yeah. I I had that, this exact conversation today where I said, this is a funky looking lineup, but like, let's go out and sweep. And the guy goes, how can you sit Mullins? They have an off day tomorrow. And I go, it's, have you seen Mullins' numbers against lefties? And he goes, but Austin Hayes has been just as bad. And I'm like, no, okay, that, that's not it. Have you seen Cedric Mullins' numbers against lefties? And his response he's like was league, league worst. Like he's really bad. He was right at 200, I think. And the guy's response was, well, last year he was really good. And I'm like, well, last year was last year. That, 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 that has nothing to do with the lineup. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Year. That, yeah. <laughs> like, what are you doing? Also, that would have been nice to say. Hundred games ago, when it's early yeah. in the year, but we've got a lot of sample at this point. And and that's what he said. He goes, "Well, why is now? Why is this the game that he decided to do that?" And it's like, "What? What are you talking about? Like, this is I I I can't stand it." And like, I talked to people with the Orioles, and they said the same thing. They were like, "Every mention on the lineup card is just like this guy plays, this guy plays." It's like Adley has started. I think he's caught the third most games since the day he was called up. Like, what else do you want them to do? Guys need days off if if brandon hyde runs adley out there eight games in a row and he gets hurt they're gonna be like oh you can't play him eight days in a row. you can't do that like you can't just it's not a video game you can't just throw these guys out there every day and expect like you know th- th- their top performance like guys need rest the matchups happen like those things occur i told the guy i said watch we'll get a cedric mullins pinch hit the second that patrick corbin comes out and what happens they pull him mullins gets an at bat like calm down he's got he's got two hits 
the freaking out every single time over the lineup kills me. It the thing is, people will justify that as to why you should have played the whole game and not see, should have had him in. Corbin's the worst pitcher in baseball. And it's like he's a fucking lefty. These guys just again, they bitch just to bitch. They have to bitch about something. I said these are the same people who when the Orioles were the rats asked about the Orioles last year. No, no, they're they're again. This is the 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 Ravens casual fans that I think have come over, and it's fine. Be a fan, but these are the people who oh like, no gatekeep them gatekeep the fandom. Come <laughs> on, gatekeep. I know you if, want to. You're too nice. Gatekeep them. Keep them if, out. If keep the them Orioles, out. Close the gate, RDT. Close the gate. If the Orioles win the World <laughs> Series and they have a parade on Thursday, they'll be like, couldn't have it on a Tuesday. Couldn't do it on a Monday. <laughs> like fucking Elias, common Elias L. There you go. RDT doesn't want you. Doesn't want you. Does not want you. Go back to Dundalk or Essex. <laughs> oh, yeah. We're taking shots in neighborhoods. <laughs> oh, I love oh no. I love that. Yeah. Go off. Go off. Get him. Get him. I'm done. I'm oh, done. you've been wanting to say that for weeks and weeks and weeks. The casuals. I just, I just, uh, the casuals kill me. That's why, like, I'm so happy football is back because it's like, all right, just go, go <laughs> pretend to know everything about Lamar's contract. Just Dundalk go and Essex. It's everything. like the same shot that you just took. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's whatever. It's whatever. What a tough ricochet for Dundalk and Essex. They'll be in the parking oh. lot on Sunday in their camo. Let, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's the Stavi quote, like. They're still, they, you know, they were kind of pulling for. I don't know about that Flacco, but I like that Flacco. <laughs> <laughs> no, the people of Dundalk know I love them. They, they know that. I have many. Yes, you're you're beloved. You're absolutely beloved in Dundalk. Absolutely beloved. No, I mean it, it's and it's one of those things. And you you sort of said it, you know. And I'm not someone that is watching all nine innings of these games every night. And it's also why when lineups come up, I don't lose my mind about them because. I'm not looking at every split. So it's like, why would I, you know, not, this stuff isn't egregious. Like <laughs> if Cedric Mullins was doing well against these guys, he would play. He's Cedric Mullins. There has you, you have to go find the reason people just don't like to, they don't, people in life don't like to find solutions and they don't like to find facts. They just say what they think without they anything. Don't like critical that, is thinking. Just, that is what, that is what social media is, which is unfortunate. Honestly, non-critical thinking Twitter probably should have been the number one pick of the draft last week, which also just is all on Twitter. So <laughs> small brain Twitter, small brain Twitter, like get a grip, get a grip. Um, apparently, yeah, apparently I, small brain Twitter lives in Dundalk and Essex. By the way, <laughs> it's six to two and the Orioles have 11 hits. And this is one of their better offensive performances in the last like two or three weeks, which well, is but, sad considering they only have six runs. But Brandon Hyde, you know, he doesn't know how to put together a lineup. That's another thing. They're like, I don't like some of the stuff is not coming from Brandon Hyde. Like, you know, he's not making every lineup. Like I Elias has to have either, you know, the numbers, the 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 analytics, like people are just I, I wanna I wanna choke myself when I see when I see half these responses. Whoever is making the lineup is has improved this team by 30 games this year. Like what are we even talking no, about? Apparently that's you know it's a very easy thing to do. I I I have had people text me saying that they can't they don't want Brandon Hyde to win manager of the year because they think he's a bad manager. I, I just I just don't know what people want. We're, we've also been by the way, this. by the way, I know this has been this has been a situation where like 
the stat since Adley Rushman has gotten called up is like the big stat. And so, you know, whatever he gets a lot of credit and he should, he's been amazing. He's been amazing. It's our guy has been unbelievable. Like Brandon Hyde could have, we've talked about this before, but could have lost this situation like 4,000 times over the past few years. Like he could easily not be the manager right now. They could have easily had guys tune him out. But like all we've talked about all year is how, you know, seemingly steadfast they've been behind this guy. And there's never, you don't hear guys after the game questioning Brandon Hyde's lineup or questioning his decisions. There's no dissension. There's not, there's nothing. They've just, as you said, improved by 30 games. They could potentially win 85 games. Like I just, I I think the guy is clearly the manager of the year. It's one of the really, the great turnarounds. Everyone thought this team was going to lose hundred games. What they've done pitching wise has been amazing. That's Brandon Hyde's staff. I, I, the questioning, I, I now you guys got me fired up. The questioning of him night oh, after night, oh, oh. to me, from you know people sitting on the couch, you know, needs to kind of calm down. This is still not an unbelievable roster. Like it has gotten better from a talent standpoint now that you have you know a number one overall pick and you have Gunner and you have all these guys. But I know Cedric Mullins was an all star last year, but you still have you know a guy that has been an all star for one year and has probably now dropped back to where Cedric Mullins is probably going to be in his career. You have Austin Hayes. You know, fine. Anthony Santander's hits a lot of home runs. He's fine. Like this isn't you know stud after stud in the lineup by any means. And Brandon Hyde is getting the most out of these guys day to day. Jorge Mateo is barely stuck in the league now. He's a guy that is running out every night. He struggled lately, but he had a really nice run and has been a player that fans have fallen in love with. You know, I'm just looking literally down the lineup tonight. Like he's getting a lot out of guys night to night. No, I didn't but- now. I can't believe I'm even going on this rant. You guys have got me to go on this rant. No, but it but just, like it's bizarre to me that you wouldn't be like if I'm a fan in Baltimore, I feel unbelievable right now about the two coaches I have standing in the dugout and sitting on the sideline at these two stadiums that are 50 feet apart. One guy has a clearly established culture over a decade, and everyone wants him out every two weeks. <laughs> and the other guy has survived 200 lost seasons and has guys still following him. And all of the progression has been good as the talented players have come up. So he's putting the talented guys in position when he had a bad roster, he lost the roster sucked. Like if, if they continue to suck as they brought up guys like Gunner and brought up guys like Adley, and we, this is a still 110 loss team then sure fire him. Brandon Hyde at that point has to go. You got to bring somebody in that can get that done. But at this point, there's no reason to believe they're not going to keep taking steps. And if they top stop taking steps, Brandon Hyde will lose his job. But at this point, I think you have to give the guy a little bit of the benefit of the doubt. And Brandon Hyde has gotten no credit. For two years, he's not a bad team. He's got, you know, for Orioles fans to do that. And I think most reasonable fans are not doing that. So I, this is not a commentary on the whole fan base, but I've been thrilled with the guy. I also think he, you know, you know, does a nice job in press conferences and a nice leader of the team. He, he's, he's not out of pocket. I, he just, he's just a baseball guy. I don't know why people, it's weird to me that people go after him all the time. I don't know, but Ravens fan Lamar Stan 52 on Twitter says that he doesn't know how to put together a lineup. So, you know, what, what does he know? He's only been on a World Series winning staff, you know. <laughs> Who knows? Though? We'll, we'll, know. We'll, we'll leave it at that. The Orioles have to play better offense down the stretch. I think they've continued to pitch pretty well. They've got to they've got to raise the level and they'll give themselves a chance. We'll maybe be back here. This is, by the way, I think, though, when we podcast next Wednesday, if it's still at five games, I I don't really, you know, we're going to be in a, a pretty desperate situation. Well, there with- and again, it's not like if they go into the, the you know, they're basically their last homestand, you know, if they have 15 games left and they're five games back, like, 
we're going to seem down in, in the dumps, but like, don't, it's like, still there. Talking. It is still right there. It's also, again, this is a team that we thought was going to win 65 games and there it's the end of September. Go, but I think October and we're going to be like, Hey, playoffs. The reason I say like, if we pod Wednesday is because you're going to be through most of that Detroit series. We'll pot in the middle of the third game. If they've mm-hmm. somehow like lost the first two games of the Detroit series, or yeah, something then crazy it's like that. Then yeah, it's just, it you, you're, yeah, you're, you're just losing. Cause you, you know, you just don't think you're going to, you know, sweep four against Houston or sweep four against Boston. Like you've got to win the games against the teams you're expected. Yeah. So, yep. We'll see what happens. We'll see what, all in all. We'll do this for the next three weeks. Probably this is just continues to be fun. And the Orioles continue to have good moments and bad moments. And it's nice to have a team that's in contention. That's fun to ride the wave with, as opposed to just fall off a cliff with from the beginning of the year. I think that when, winner of the Masson cup yet again, Oh, huge. Love the Masson Cup. The Niger Morgan clip that you tweeted is oh, so funny every single time. It's an amazing clip. I was so mad that I did not tweet that yesterday. Like, I the saw best, it late I, last night and was like, how I did I not do that? Jim Hunter on the call is just like, Juan Samuel solid all the way. It's like, I mean, yay, did The guy's <laughs> freaking out in center field. It's such a – the call – Jim Hunter undersells how ridiculous the play is in the call. He calls it like a normal play. And then he eventually he's like, I guess, I guess. Um, I think he thought he it went over the, the wall. wall over the fence. <laughs> like he's maybe he just wasn't as the ball hit the fence. He saw it and then just watched Jones go into second and didn't watch. So depending on what he's watching, maybe he missed the, but if you see Niger Morgan toss the glove down in disgust as the ball still play, I don't know how that doesn't just dominate the rest of the call. It's very yeah. you like, you got to go all out and be like, Oh, he doesn't be like, see it. It's at his feet. Like the yeah. center fielder comes over. And like, that's what Adam said. Adam was like, he, he was tweeting back to me today about it. And he was like, yeah, I just started hauling once I saw the center field or the, the left fielder running over for it. What's a better clip, uh, Niger Morgan there or Manny uh, cutting off the the pickoff for David Newhand? That's a great clip as well. I like the Niger Morgan clip. I think the Niger yeah, Morgan. I, I like the Niger Morgan too. And it's the Nats. They're both. Yeah. I remember watching the David Newhand like clip live, being like, "Wait, David what just David. happened? Like, what is going on?" Um, I think I think I go Niger Morgan just because again, well, Niger was a character too. Like he's. Manny again, Manny was the top one, but Niger was David, he was a nutcase too. Tony Plush. David Newhan was sweet though. Oh, David Newhan was what a ride that was. Him and uh Fiorentino. He was insanity. He was what time to be alive before Linsanity. Who gets called up directly from, from Frederick? Not a high prospect at all. Jeff Fiorentino and just raced. Yeah. What a yeah. time to be alive that was. By the way, uh Tuesday, April 18th, put it in your phone. That's uh day one of the Masson Cup 2023. Ooh, early this year. Yeah, just so you just so you uh, have that tweet dialed up. Do we need to make a Masson a cup? Go around. We to the should bars? do that. Maybe I would love should. that. Go around to the bars. Like Remember a, when the Ravens talk cup? on on the X Fifty Two podcast? Our sh- our little show here was we just talked about Masson every week. Thank God that's oh, over. Yeah. <laughs> Here's just another thing time. wrong with streaming. Here's another thing wrong with what they're doing. By the way, I have not checked out the streaming at all this year. I you know. It's it's getting revamped going into the season. Going into I, next season, I will tell yeah, you. Yeah, what a shocker. <laughs> what a shocker. Um, starting five draft presented by Fed Thrill. Um, sunglass. By the way, it has been picture perfect the last couple of days. I don't know if you guys have ventured outside much, but it has been wonderful. Stood at Maryland men's soccer practice today and just a gorgeous, gorgeous late afternoon as the sun went down. It was, it was awesome. Uh, no better place to have your sunglasses out. Than on those nice days, 
20% off. You use the promo code X52 on your Fed Thrill sunglasses. Go get them. Use them. Use them at the tailgates. Use them on these nice days heading into winter. Get your Fed Thrill sunglasses. This Browns midfield thing, um, that mascot's name is currently escaping me. I looked it up. I had it in front of me to say before the show, what the heck is the name of that thing? Brownie? I, w- I want to yeah. say Brownie. It's Brownie. Brownie is now at midfield, which I actually think is cool. I think it's, I think it's like a nice inspired idea by the Browns. They like fan serviced a little bit and they've had a helmet at the center of their field. Like stick to stick to Brownie there. That's fine. Good for them. But it got us thinking uh, worse. Ma- it is a bizarre mascot though. I love the people that said it looked like Baker Mayfield. It's very funny. Um, <laughs> I saw a couple of tweets. Like, more what, are, football, but what, what an amazing honoring of Baker Cleveland Mayfield. Cleveland humor there. Yeah. Worst mascots, physical mascots, not nicknames is how we went about this, I believe. So that is what the starting five draft is going to be. RDT, you have the first pick. I have the second pick. Brian, you have the third pick. So RDT, you are going to start it off. I am going to go for worst mascot, the king cake baby for the Pelicans. Yeah, that was on the top of a lot of lists. Yeah, do you remember that 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 thing was? It's creepy. Terrifying. It reminds me of the baby from um, Rugrats. Rugrats. Mine was. I was gonna say Toy Story, but the Toy Story had that. Oh, true. You yeah, know, true, true. Sid. Sid pops off. Yeah, yeah, Sid pops off. Puts on the like the spider yeah. robot. That was a creepy one. Yeah, yeah. Rugrats fair. Do you remember that one? Though where like Tommy's like older, mm-hmm. like younger brother, older. Oh brother, yeah. Whatever? I don't know what that was. That was, was creepy. Cousin? something yeah. like that he had like yeah. a bad dream that's what it reminds me of because he's like six four he's built that's like a great Zion. show by the way that's a great show rugrats yeah oh, you don't want i don't that. know if it would have saved power i'm kind of kind of you don't like rugrats you don't as want a show no rugrats. i liked it i definitely like no no, no i'm today. talking rdt you got i i was always like yeah it's okay like it's fine I was never yeah. like a diehard Rugrats guy. I think it's rugrats it feels okay. like a show that wouldn't play now like i've gone back and watched hang around great Great mm-hmm. nowadays. That holds up. SpongeBob, obviously great. Uh, Rocket Power does not hold up. It does not. It, Ooh, I disagree with that. I think Rocket Power is good. Uh, oh Power. no! What are you guys talking about? No, By the way, we just, need to we need to draft you shoobies. Nickelodeon, you absolute shoobies. We always should draft cartoons. Yeah, I don't know how we haven't done that. <clears throat> Doug, Doug, you guys are shoobies. You guys are absolute shoobies. Mm. I stand by it. Hey Arnold, clowns. See ya. Um, Rugrats does have one of the all-time worst spinoffs, the all grown up thing that they did with the with like them in middle school or whatever it was or going into high school. It, it that is a trash show. Trash. <laughs> it is so bad. Those Rugrats movies aren't Paris. very good either. Rugrats in Paris, though. Banger of a movie. Ooh, Banger of a VHS tape. Yeah. Yes. Banger of a it has a good song. soundtrack. The, is what the it has. I don't song. think it's I don't think it's a very good movie, but it I like has the a movie. Soundtrack. I like the movie. Also, you 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 guys know about the whole backstory to Rugrats and like what it like, like a psychiatrist or whatever looked at it, and it's like, it's a whole bunch of like weird like behind the scenes. Like, here's what this really meant. Like, you I up. saw that that's a thing that exists that I could read, and I decided to just not get no, in you, depth in the org. No, I have no interest. I don't need to, need to do that. You need to I will leave well. my memories. I will leave the memories that I have of Rugrats right here. And I don't need to like delve into some psychological analysis of the show. All right. Just okay. Unnecessary. Well, King cake, baby. Look him up. If you haven't, he's like, again, he's built like Zion Williamson. He's like six, four 280. 
just a massive creepy baby that new Orleans like loves those babies for um, Mardi Gras, put them in cakes. They do all that stuff. Yes. They put babies in cakes. Take that for however you want. Can you guys name the breakout song from Rugrats in Paris? Take me there. Let the dogs out. Oh, what's the other, what's the, the Maya song? The Maya song. Is that not Rugrats in Paris? Was that the other, was that the other Rugrats, the movie? Did I get those confused? Yeah, take me there's Black Street Maya in the first one. That song is a fucking banger. Maya. Forgot about Maya. DMV. What is Maya's other like other what is her other? She has another is that, Maya the boy is, is Maya, mine, her and Brandy. Is Maya in in Lady Marmalade? Am I making that up? The Eve is, I think. Uh, no, she's in it. It's it's Maya, Christina Aguilera, Lil Kim, and Pink, Lady Marmalade. Yeah, that, that song bangs. That song bangs. Lady Marmalade. All right, it's a good. Song. Um, <laughs> I'm taking Purdue Pete. Purdue oh, Pete stinks. He's mm. creepy. I've seen him in person, and this is a little bit. In, some of these colleges that I've seen in person um, gives me a little bit of a different perspective. Purdue Pete is so creepy in person. I don't know how they let that thing around children. It is incredibly bizarre. Sorry to the people that I know and like at Purdue, but that mascot is awful. Purdue does a lot of things well. They have an amazing basketball environment, I will say, but the, the mascot stinks. Purdue Pete's super creepy. So I'm going to take Purdue Pete. Make sure he gets on my team. It's a good, it's good pick. pick. Yeah, I like it. I had him Thanks. on mine. I'm going to take Screech. We might as well just dunk on the Nationals while we can here. Screech is sure. the the uh, the Nationals rat bird that they have. <laughs> He's just there's just like this trend maybe a decade ago where teams started to take their mascots and try to make them look more cartoonish and like family friendly and fun or whatever. And that was when they decided to you know create a mascot and he just I mean it, it's it's a he's a little bitch bird. I'll say. I know we're all Did thinking. You see the Oriole bird laid him out today. I think it was today, or it was one of the. No, that was Ben Franklin. I think. Was that it? Yeah. I mean, That's me, on me, Ben, or no, it was a Teddy. Maybe Teddy. Probably Teddy. It's always Teddy. It's always Teddy. Yeah, that's my pick. It's a good pick. Yep. Good pick. I had him on mine. And then I'm actually going to dip back in the well here and take uh, Pierre the Pelican. New Orleans Pelicans, mm. they just love their fucked up mascots. That guy is a terrifying looking bird. Um, the opposite of a bitch bird, I suppose. Um, if When they unveiled him, people were like, oh my god. And pelicans are fucking scary animals. Have you like been close enough to one where it's like, oh my they're god, massive. those things are terrifying. Yeah, those, they're massive. Yeah. But their beak and everything, like, oof. I would not fuck with a pelican. Good pick. I like it. That is a good pick. Ah, uh, those are two. Those are that's a good start to the team. Uh, Screech is one I forgot about. It was a little too. I was a little too under the under you know under my nose there. Um, right, local. So that's a good pick. Um, I am going to take uh, the Steelers mascot, Steely McBeam. Ah, I had him. I have it's to take basically this. It's basically the same pick. <laughs> yeah, I have to take Steely McBeam. I, 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 Not a big Rust Belt guy. Purdue Pete. 
No, the blue collar community is taking shots on this podcast. We got Essex and Dundalk taking yeah. shots. We got the Rust well, I mean, shots. I don't think anyone. I don't think anyone would mistake me for for blue collar. So I, I, I am not exactly you know the, the epitome <laughs> of of that <laughs> that situation. These are um, pulling pull ste- yourselves up by your bootstraps, kind of people. Stealing McNeil the lunch pail. Yeah, yeah. Uh, my lunch pail. <laughs> Pull out the silver spoon and that one. Um, <laughs> no, stealing McBeam is mostly because the name, the name, this has stuck with me for a long time. I watched an old part. This is from 15, maybe like 13 years ago. Pardon my, uh, pardon, pardon my take. Pardon the interruption. Did a segment about stealing McBeam and Kornheiser just deadpan. That's awful. It's just a porn star name. And it's a porn star name. Stealing McBeam is a porn star name. And that's always stuck with me. It's a terrible looking mascot. It's a horrible name. I would have loved I, I would have loved I would have loved to have been in the meetings about a lot of these. I would have loved to have been in the ideation meeting for like, oh, I got it. Steely McBeam. And everyone's just like, yes. That's it. That's it. Yes. Run it to the yes. nailed it. Run it back. Horrible. And it's Pittsburgh. So easy to hate. So I'm taking that. I like Sorry, it. the rust belt. I'm just going to keep, I might just attack big 10 country this entire time. <laughs> well, I'm going to follow in that, uh, the, your footsteps there. And I'm taking the Nittany lion, the, the, yeah, wimpy, yeah. the wimpy one, yeah. like that, that, that's just a, a costume from, from party city. Like there's nothing fancy about it's it. Bad. Throwing like a scarf and, and that's it. Like there is nothing to that costume at all. Like the statue that they have that everyone takes their grad pictures in front of, that's at least like a cool looking, you know, Nittany Lion, I guess. This is just, again, it's just a wimpy little costume. Like it looks like a CVS costume. It looks like a Halloween costume. It's awful. I, I can't believe that they trot that out there in front of 110,000 every night or every every Saturday, whatever. It's awful. It's it's the whole, everything about Penn State is awful. The the cult following, but the the mascot fits the fan base very well. One thing that Penn State does. Um, and you have either of you guys been to a game at any Penn State event? Mm-mm. You may have heard this anyway on TV because they play it so much and they play it so loud. They do the like lion roar when like things go well, oh especially you can hear God. in basketball because there's no Nobody one in the there. stands. So it just like, goes in high school they, and the Jaguars. Oh, and they stick that they make oh. the, the make it sound so loud. It is so annoying it's so annoying um when they would score runs every time they scored a run in baseball they would play that freaking tiger growl or lion growl i was like this is so awful thankfully we swept it every time we went there um good pick um my next one who do i want who do i want give me um oregon's new duck do you remember when they debuted that like Mm -hmm. sleek looking new duck i don't know what his name was or whatever but it it's has like he's got a goofy name too probably like ducky mcquack or something (laughs) (laughs) um oh they got me yeah then i don't that's just what i know it as the new duck like it's just an awful it's like a it's it's, horrible and how do you his body he's just robo robo duck yeah shocker like robo and how do you mess with perfection 
The, the duck, it's, the Oregon oh, duck is so good. It's the, such a good mascot. The, the, one of the greatest the sports, sports ever. commercial. Yeah. Well, yeah. well, that the sports center commercial. But then, do you remember when he was coming out? Was it one of the playoff games where he was oh, waddling out? It's, it's, it's the best. It's the best. <laughs> it's, it's so best. funny. That mascot is so good. It's great. Yeah. They, they like. What are you doing there? It's like if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And nothing about that. That one is is broke. So. They tried to do that. I don't know what they did, but it was awful. It's that new like Nike dry fit or whatever, but because he's in like a, a suit that's like a Batman suit, but it sucks. Everything about it sucks. God, I love the Oregon Duck. Now I'm just watching Oregon Duck clips as I sit here. Uh, we should do best mascots. I mean, that's exactly like what that. I'm doing. I'm, I'm sure just watching. <laughs> <laughs> There's just a compilation of all his different tunnel runs. It's so good. It's so, so good. Um, Waddles out. Where do I want to go here? I think I could get this late because I don't think this might be a guy on your guys' board because it's a little bit of a deeper college cut um, that is, was sent to me uh, by my friend Anna a couple years ago. She works within the Big East. I'm taking Friar Dom from oh, Providence. I have That it. is wow. one of the creepiest looking things I've ever seen. I don't know how they let that thing out. And for a religious institution to to just scare people like that is is truly it's truly upsetting. Something with so, religion is why is weird. No way. Oh, 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 crazy. Let's not go down that path. Uh, so I'm taking Friar Dom. You, you, look it up if you don't. If you're not aware, listeners, it's 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 it's, it's creepy. Thanks. You have two. I am taking. We're going back to Big Ten country again. I'm taking Stinger, the Columbus Blue Jackets uh, mascot. He's just. Oh, I don't know if I'm familiar. They didn't try to like unbugify him. They just gave him these big ass bug <laughs> eyes. Yeah. yeah. Why? I think that. Well, his name's Stinger. Oh, to make that one's leave. that one's really bad. Yeah, I was not familiar. It's terrible. Yeah, it, it's also they've got the cannon thing going on, and yeah. the blue jacket is like. It's like a military slash like historical type deal. But they just like play it down the middle and do like a Patriot or something. Like that's, you know, let's play it down the middle. Don't get weird with it with a bug. Who gives a shit about a bug? By the way, they fired that that cannon off um, when I was there doing arena football. And it was insane. Like there's 3000 people in the stands and they fired this thing off and it scared the hell out of everyone. It is awful awful it was very that sounds scary. terrible yeah it was very scary is it who you have another Thanks one again. i am gonna take i'm gonna take baby nut fuck baby nut the whole campaign with oh, mr. Yeah, Peanut, yeah, yeah. where they killed off mr peanut oh you you went to a wow you went yeah. to a commercial mascot okay I see. yeah I went off the grid here. Baby Nut or Mr. Peanut. I don't know which one is really the pick here, but it was Baby Nut. It's Baby Nut. I don't think Mr. I think Mr. Peanut is not too bad. I I, I like Mr. Peanut, but Baby Nut. You were like very early on the Baby Nut thing too. Oh fuck, Baby Nut. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Baby they tried to do like... this whole thing. They tried to make a whole social campaign during the Super Bowl. They killed off Mr. Peanut, and then they like. It's one of the worst. I hate follow. This is we should maybe do a, a hate follow starting five. I'm a big hate follower. I just if I f- follow something and I'm like, oh, this this just fuels hate in my heart. 
I followed Mr. Peanut or whatever the, the handle is because I just hated that ad campaign so much. And now that account, every time it tweets out, it tweets something so fucking stupid and not funny. And I just am out on baby nut. Fuck that nut. People, many people say that that's what started COVID. That was like, that's not, that's, that's not a bad take. A lot of people say it. Very reasonable. A lot of people. I'm fine. I'm very fine with that take. It's okay. It is Mr. Peanut. Accidentally went live on TikTok and it's just a picture of a peanut. <laughs> you you really did hate that nut the whole entire. I remember like texting. You were texting. You were like, "Fuck that nut!" Like the night of the thing, <laughs> like in the Super Bowl or whatever. You're just like going after that nut, and I was like, "I mean, I can't knock this passion." Haters will try to roast you, but what they really need is some honey. Hashtag Wednesday thought. Ugh. Oh my god. <laughs> Hold on. It's National Peanut Day. I guess at 106, I'm starting to get some nutnesia. You know, it would be kind of fun to run a social account like that. Because you get to say whatever. Well, it's just like you could just sit there and think of like random things to say involving the word nut instead of like, you know, living and dying with the results of every sporting event that happens to your team. It's just like, all right, we're just trying to sell peanuts. Like, let's say nutnesia oh that's cleared by the hierarchy let's just post it let's schedule it and like go on with our lives it'd be kind of interesting i want to say i'm going to my going to my professional life of thinking i am pretty upset i'm i'm searching at barstool banks nut and i don't see one oh baby nut that's shocking i definitely think you tweeted about it best part about it is durkin's got some of that harbaugh lineage in him let's get nuts (laughs) Oops. <laughs> Sheesh. There's I mean there's some there's some good ones, but like uh yeah, there's you, I see no baby nut. Banks, you inspired a pick for me here to go corporate world. I'm taking Chuck E. Cheese. That's a freaking creepy thing. <laughs> taking the whole stage. No, was, I'm taking I'm taking Chucky. He stinks. It was on my that board, is, but like way down my board. I'm taking them. I'm taking them. I I didn't even think corporate, and that thing horrified me when I was a kid. Jake and Chucky, what a joke! Just let me have my pizza in peace. Stop performing on stage. It was that was horrifying. I can't believe that's a thing that like was entertaining for people. I was horrified by it. Get away. Their pizza was was pretty good though. By the way, I would like to, yeah, I would like to you know I got killed for not being blue collar. I was going to Chuck and Cheese. I mean, come on. <laughs> Every month, wow! Look at you. It's in every, it's in every, that's in every kid place, you know, rub it in our face. That's in every kid place. Um, alrighty. I am going, I mean, this is an easy one. I think the blue devil sucks. Oh, true. Sucks. Yeah, that's fine. He stinks. And I, I, no one knows what a blue devil is. I actually think that obviously I hate the blue devils, but I think that mascot fits into the overall theme of like who they are, like kind of perfectly. Like it's just like hateable and weird and bizarre and it just kind of works for them. But yes, yeah. I believe what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. Um, after that, I'm I'm coming back home to the AL East. I'm going the cat for the Tampa Bay Rays. You know they have that cat mascot it makes zero sense. Yeah. His name is like DJ Kitty, I think. Again, makes zero sense. Don't understand it. Don't like it. It's probably because they have cats living in the ballpark, like the barn or whatever. But it, it sucks. It sucks. Not a fan. So 
the cat in Tampa Bay. I didn't even bother to look up his name. I think it's DJ Kitty, though, which I, I just don't get me started on it. The Rays, the Rays have a lot of stuff to worry about. A mascot's the, the, the least of their worries. Yeah, they, they need a stadium. Um, uh, where do I want to go here? I feel like I missed one. I'm like trying to find it as I as I sit here and talk. There, there's so many bads. I'm just gonna take Stanford tree stinks. Mm-hmm. The Stanford tree. Wow. I take it. Yeah, I had to sit and I watch the Stanford. I thought you'd be a Stanford tree stand. No, and I it goes against the fact that I was born at Stanford. Um, what I didn't know that. Yeah, born at wow. Stanford Children's Hospital. Um, son of a doctor in residency, no big deal. Um, so is at Stanford for that. Um, as my father outperformed any academic dreams that I've ever <laughs> tried to achieve. Um, but yeah, I just, I wasn't there until I sat in Spokane as the Maryland women's basketball team was unfortunately taking a, a devastating L in the sweet 16. And that tree was just stupid. It was just so ridiculous to watch. And it was, it was less it was less entertaining than i thought it was going to be and i was like i'm going the other way on this i don't really like this tree it's kind of mm-hmm. dumb so stanford tree very reasonable pick i had it i had it on mine i it was it was right there with the um with the blue devil i just didn't have those personal feelings behind it thanks wait is it me yeah well, i guess it is um <clears throat> I'm gonna take Jared the subway guy. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Is he a mascot or a spokesperson? Mm. That's debate. interesting. I think he's a spokesperson. I don't think he's a mascot. I think I okay, have to. Then. I think I'm gonna. I mean, I don't care. You can take him. Yeah, I don't uh, care. No, I, I, got, I, got I got another pick. I got another pick dialed up, so I'll, I mean, I'll, I'll I, got no, yeah. I got no issues if you want. Yeah, to take you let. Yeah, if you want to take him, that's not fine. someone I, I personally would want on my team. Just saying, but <laughs> no. well, it's the worst mascot. So yeah, sure. You, do you want to stay with them or take another pick? I'll take the ticket out from Stubb. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad. You, I'm glad you got that. It took a sec, but <laughs> that's just a weird ass campaign. It is. That was weird. <laughs> <laughs> and they scrapped that for too long. Yeah. Fuck that nut. Um, okay. RDT took the King Cake Baby. That is insane that the Pelicans did the King Cake Baby. Screech. Uh, oh, sorry. You took Screech. Excuse me. I'm reading wrong. Um, the Nittany Lion, the Oregon New Duck, Robo Duck, um, the Blue Devil, and the Tampa Bay. What is that thing for the race called? The Cat? I think it's just DJ Kitty. Jesus. Pink. Um, Banks took Screech, Pierre the Pelican, Stinger the Baby Nut, and the StubHub <laughs> thing. Um, <laughs> I took Purdue Pete, Steely McBeam, <laughs> Friar Dom, Chuck E. Cheese, and the Stanford Tree. What a draft! <laughs> a good, I see this was a fun one. Uh, Billy Buffalo was on my honorable mentions. That's a weird looking thing that the Bills have. And I just don't know if I dislike this or like this, but I wrote it down because the name made me laugh as I did research. Sourdough Sam, the 49ers mascot. What a name. Sourdough Sam? Sourdough Sam is the name of the mascot. I think I kind of like the mascot. The one that triggered me that was got ranked really low in an NFL ranking that I think is a good mascot, I like the pirate from the Bucks. I don't know how that's ranked low. I think that's a good mascot. Mm. Yeah, but, it fits. I got no problem with it one way or another. It's, you yeah. know. Final mentions. 
Uh, I had the Philly Fanatic. I thought about taking the Philly Fanatic. I think he's just overrated. Like, what's the fuss about this big green blob? Uh, gritty's the same thing. Overrated. I had Gritty. Yeah, I, I know. Gritty. I know. Anything with Philly. Yeah. Um, I had Gritty, Brown's Elf, the Demon Deacon. Creepy dude. Very creepy dude. Demon That's Deacon is true. a great pick. That yeah. should have gotten. I would have taken that if I'd remembered that. The Demon Deacon is so creepy. Very weird. Um, Mr. Peanut-ish. Yeah. <laughs> I had uh, the Spurs Coyote, just a very weird coyote. I didn't even know they had a coyote. Yeah, yeah, look that up. It's a weird one. I had the the Padres Swinging Friar, which is kind of like the um, the the Providence one. Oh, uh, that yeah, guy's but, awesome. Philly Fanatic, the Fighting Okra from Delta State. I don't like okra. There's that uh, Wushak one from Wichita State that's also really weird. Yeah, mm-hmm. I saw that on a bunch of lists. And then the Western Kentucky Red Blob. I like the red blob. This is the red. I blob. like the red blob. Good. This is Sports Center commercial with the red blob. Yeah, yeah, it. yeah. It was yeah. great. And who was it? Courtney Lee on that that Western Kentucky team. Yes. They won a game or two. That was a fun. Yes. That that's when he got like his main shine was in that that tournament run. So. I'm I sure think a in the Maryland. I think in the Maryland. Is it the Western Kentucky mascot in the Maryland 2002 one shining moment? He slides on the floor at the beginning. Hmm. Is that the Western Kentucky mascot? Uh, now I'm researching. Um, I think that's what was Western Kentucky in that tournament. I don't know. I remember. To find out. I think. Yeah, it is. Oh, he just on the. He just at the beginning of the thing. He just sliding on the floor. Go, go search 2002 one yep. shining moment. One shining on moment. He just he just slides on the floor at the beginning, and I I don't think I can hate him after that. I think I love him after this. Just. At like it's like at like the six second mark. How does this only have eight thousand views? It was also uploaded uh, May May twenty eighth, twenty twenty, on the official March Madness account. Yeah, oh, that's right. He is there. Yeah, he does the slide. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. All right, I take him off my <laughs> list. Sorry. Veto that. Veto that honorable mention. We gotta Anything get else? more views on that video though. Yeah. And uh. Bernie the Heat mascot is kind of a weird one. Bernie the um, Heat. I actually forget what what it looked like. <laughs> it's bad though. We swear. Oh yeah, it's bad. Um, is is he does he have a basketball for a nose? Oh yeah, yeah. He does. He does have a basketball for a nose. That's weird. I've never seen um, that. I had the uh, the the Mucinex mucus. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's a good one. Uh, the King from Burger King. I don't mind the King. Oh, no, I, I, like the king. I like yeah, I like was the extremely, king. extremely insulted when researching for this draft to see how many times I saw Boltman on lists. Oh, yeah. Boltman yeah. is an institution. How much <laughs> respect for Boltman? That's an all-time mascot. And mm-hmm. if we did we do a we did the best. I think, I think you yeah. I think you picked him. Yeah. I'm I think I took him. Yeah, I think you did too. I'm Justice I'm for sure Boltman. Boltman <laughs> at like a California hearing mm-hmm. in costume is just one of the funniest things ever. The best courtroom pictures are like OJ with the glove, Rafael Palmero pointing, and then Boltman. Like it's those three. Like I haven't even thought about my guy uh side of diarrhea in a while. Yeah, I was gonna say Sierra I wonder, Nevada. I wonder if he's doing okay. Probably. I mean, Justin Herbert's oh, pretty good. I just Googled my uh, or Twitter searched any tweet with Boltman in it for me, oh, and I just 
This is a random tweet. I just said, Boltman didn't die for this. I have no idea what the context is. <laughs> it was probably, was it last year? It was probably the Ravens beating him last 2019. Year. Oh, hmm. Mm-hmm-hmm. I don't know. Oh, I, be- I bet it was, um, they played a, a Sunday night game against the Steelers at one point where Rivers was just on his just last legs. On one. Yeah, he was just doing big time Rivers stuff. And I think they oh. missed a field goal, lose it or something. Sounds about right. Chargers 2019 season. We can Bowl keep man. moving. Um, Nick Kinder Medley, Maryland person of the week, RDT. Oh, shit. I have nobody. Um, wow. Um, um, oh, this is so sad. I got nothing. You had nothing good happened this week. No, All right, we'll uh, throw it to Banks. Yeah, throw it to Banks. Oof. Dang, can we just take football again? <laughs> I, I mean, red yeah, zone. Like, it's the red zone is is a better answer. The witching hour specifically. The witching hour was an all time witching hour. OTs after OTs and teams like all kinds of home dogs that were showing up to play in a big way. Couldn't um, imagine. Thank God the Jets didn't. Yeah, um, can't imagine losing a week one. Not to a not to a, a, row, a home not a home not team to an, as a favorite. Not, not not to a New York football team. No, no, definitely not. That would suck. That would be awful. Yeah. The worst, some would say. Um, I was gonna say the post one o'clock. The, my I kind of have a tradition now. My post instant analysis nap is just tremendous every single time. I think I nap for like a half an hour after every time we recorded instant analysis. I'm just <laughs> like, all right, I need to get a nap in, and then I go watch the rest of the four o'clock games, and then I watch the night football. Do you? I sometimes do unless your... the four o'clock game is awesome. I will a lot of times just skip the four o'clock games. They were good four o'clock games. Just well, yeah, they were good. I do you do you do your Mickey's during the one o'clock games or later? Correct. So I do the Mickey's, it, the one o'clock games, and so it's just a food coma. So I got I kind of come out of a food coma as I'm doing this podcast, and then I return back into it when it's over, and I have to sleep because you know do the cheesesteak, do the curly fries like around like one one thirty, um, and the, I got to be honest, the fourth quarter of the Rams game was a struggle. I think I think with like five minutes to go, I was like, guys, we can just jump on whatever. Because <laughs> I just you went, did, and I was yeah, like, you, oh, you, I was you pulled to, the me, you pulled the like. Yeah. Usually trying to get off time up at the same time. Yeah, which is, yeah, exactly. I was just like, I am falling asleep because I'm just I'm in a total food coma right now. Um, but yeah, I mean, red zone, red zone has to be set in this category. It is just the best. It is so good. Red zone on one TV, Ravens on the other TV for me is just the best. It's just lovely every Sunday, and that's what I do. I do have to give an honorable mention, and this is some of the – I don't know. if Did you guys watch 60 Minutes after the 4 o'clock games? <laughs> no. no. Never once. No. Never will the, I ever. The piece they did this week on the FDNY and 9-11 was an amazing piece. Like, yeah. amazing. Now you're going to make us feel like assholes. No, I'm not. I mean, <laughs> I, I mean, that's your guys' fault for not trying to be cultured or – uh, I knew, I knew you were minutes. gonna work the word cultured in at some yeah. point. Yeah, of course. After of course. you I'm just a, shit I, on the Rust Belt for two hours. Well, they're not yeah. cultured. So what do you want? Born from in Stanford. Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> it was like an amazing, it just like that was, and then I it gets you into what, reading like the the couple of pieces that float around, like the I don't know if you guys have read like the the story, the oral history of from Politico of like the only plane in the sky about like Air Force One flying and by mm-hmm. itself during 9-11. It's just like, obviously that 
it was amazing. And I bring this up because it was amazing to me last week. I'm like in the office with people and, you know, 30 years old, like the people like kids just out of college, like 23, 24, they have like no recollection of 9-11 in terms of like where they were at all. And that's fascinating to me as someone that at whatever, nine years old, that's sort of like you remember all the beats of the day and when your parents came and picked you up and watching what you watched and how it affected people and obviously affected people way more than someone like me didn't know anybody involved or whatever. But um, it's it's a it's just a fascinating sort of like generational break. And I hope that people like, I hope this doesn't sound like, like an old man take, but like, I hope that people like go and like read those and watch those because I think to truly understand like the emotion and the significance of that stuff, when everyone now lives in this world that was forever changed by it, you have to like understand that. Or like, w- I talked about it once when we went to the pinstripe bowl in December that everyone should go to the 9-11 Memorial Museum. It's like an incredibly profound and transformative experience to go to. And that just reminded me of that week. That's like, you know, like if you're 23, you just don't, there's just no recollection of that. And you just understand everything in a post 9-11 world, but actually weren't there to like consume what happened. It's kind of interesting. There, there was some TikTok. I forget who posted it, but like someone had posted it on Instagram and it was someone like interviewing someone on a college campus. And someone was like, what are your thoughts on 9-11? And again, this kid was like a freshman or sophomore. And he was like, nobody my age cares about it. Like nobody just, we just don't know anything about it. And it was just like, Jesus. It's so Christ. bizarre. Like, it makes no sense. It was very like, I don't know if it was like a fake, like outrage, you know, like they just wanted to get under people's skin. But yeah, it was just like, what is going on? But no, I mean, I get it. Cause like my wife teaches kids that weren't alive for it. Like they're reading about it in textbooks. Like it's our, you know, world war two, you know, wild. It's, it's wild stuff. It did. Yes. It, it, and it sucks because it felt like nine 11 kind of got, not it just felt like it didn't get the coverage it usually does because it was like the, NFL Sunday. The like national anthem, the like the naturally sung national anthem where they let the fans do it at MetLife was cool. Very cool. I didn't see I heard about it, I didn't see it. I didn't know if it they, was like, cool. It was cool. It was cool. They had like a police um woman sing the anthem and she like broke it off and allowed the crowd to go and then she brought it back. She actually brought it back right after the O, which I think was really smart. They must have kind of known that the O was coming from the Ravens fans and then they like she like rolled back into it. It was a really cool tribute. They had obviously the the giant flag at all the games and Mm -hmm. um so you guys have never gotten caught up by a 60 minutes segment ever. You've never like seen the preview. I switch so quick. So quick. Wow. I do that frequently. I hear the and I'm like, nope, no, really. There's never you've never just like watched it to see if it's going to be a good segment. They're really good. segments. Never have I ever. I'm going to give an honor mention to 60 minutes. If you could reporting on there. That's what somebody born at Stanford would do. Like, oh, my God, because when I was in high school or middle school, that's when I go back to my homework. That's when I was starting. Listen, listen. I will stand on the table and pound my fist in defense of Dundalk. Why is Dundalk getting raked over the poles? <laughs> RDT started it. RDT oh, started it. You finished. I'm just piling on. I'm just you piling finished. on. <laughs> it was the easiest target. You know, it's a callback. We call, we call that a callback. Beer with me on Sunday, Dundalk. Lot H, let's go. Tailgate. Yeah, are you gonna be? Are you gonna be? Yeah, are you gonna be in the at the tailgate? Thanks. We'll see. Hmm. We'll RDT, are you going to make your way down for any Ravens tailgating this year? Are we going to? Are you going to make an appearance? <laughs> that face answered that question. Uh, Ooh, that was tough. 
if you go watch the YouTube, you can observe that one. Probably not. I don't know. I got, I mean, I have no interest in, I, you know, how many times I got offered free tickets for the Ravens Titans preseason game. And I was like, Whoa, no, no, no but I'm like, I was like, I'm not going to that. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't, I, mean, I, I don't, football. unless, unless I'm playing in the game, I do not anticipate going. I can't wait to go to the tailgates now and just get, and just get, um, accosted by all these people that I've now the Dundalkians. I'm going to be a heel at these things now, by the way, you want to talk about a heel. The Orioles tweeting Dun, uh, Dundalk is close. Well, <laughs> <laughs> Dundalk is very much on the line right now. Well, uh, Walgreens is closed for the night. Just is chef's kiss. Closing wow. down Walgreens for the night. I love that. Mm. I will drive that joke into the ground every single day. Walgreens. <sighs> what a show for Dundalk. What a show for 60 Minutes. What a show in general. That's it for this week's episode of the X2 podcast. A lot going over there. Hopefully, in the next couple of weeks, the Orioles will make a magical run. That's all. That's all we can we can ask for, right? Just a little magic. Just a little Orioles magic next week and a half. Let's let's have this be fun for the rest of the way. And next, the, the Orioles are running ticket specials for the Houston series next week. Trey comes home. I'm going to the game Thursday. Again, that's just like you just got to you got to show out that series, I think, regardless of what happens. But there, there you have it. That could be the last stand, theoretically, maybe. Yeah. If it yeah. goes poorly next week. Um, follow us on all of our social media channels at Taylor Smith 10 at Barstool Banks at E-D-I-T-T-I-22. Um, X-52 on all X-52 podcasts on all of the different social media platforms as well. Sponsors, Fed Thrill, Thread Level Midnight. Jimmy Seafood. Um, good. Was it a good turnout? The Jimmy Seafood bus. Do we have any? Uh, do we have any report back? Yeah, seems I think like so. it was going well. Yeah, I think it was a good. It was a good number uh, of people on the bus trip. I know. I got. Um, I got invited. I could not make it, but I, w- I wish I was there. Would have been nice. I, I heard. I saw people tweeting. They said it was a good time. So great game to go to as well. And I had. We it's have to throw weather. it out. First home game of the year. And I know this doesn't need any of our promotion, but what Jimmy does with the tailgate every week is pretty amazing. So. If that's something you're interested in doing, I would suggest buying tickets for it and supporting Jimmy's and the show they put on over there, uh, a stone's throw from me and Banks. So um, make sure to support that. And we will see you Sunday after the Ravens home opener for the instant analysis. Make sure to tune into that. If you want our full thoughts on last Sunday's game, make sure to go check that out. If you have not, instant analysis after every single Ravens game. Thursday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, whenever the heck they play it, we will be on right after giving our thoughts. So join us Sunday, and we will see you then on the Exit 52 podcast presented by Jimmy's Seafood.